Thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. I just never, never, never get tired of listening to the feeling that you direct out of those songs because I know it comes from your heart. God bless you, lady. And so, dear listeners, dear friends, we are here today and this is an important time as we begin to teach and talk about the universe. Interestingly, just at this um, series of time that we have been into this, uh, these subjects, um, <clears throat> now the Hadron Collider uh, has had a hit, and uh, they are claiming that they have had a breakthrough, and they have very likely uh, 99 plus percent discovered the Higgs the Higgs almost impossible to find particle called the God particle and so that is uh, that that is very very interesting and uh, you are going to find this teaching today provocative I'm going to show you what the Bible says about the Higgs particle and someone will say oh there's nothing like that in the Bible Yes, there is. And I'm going to show you today, as we get into all the various subjects, I want to plead with you to hang on uh, through some of the things that I have to say that has a little bit of a complex side to it. But um, just hang in there. Because as you stick with this, I promise you that over a period of time, uh, your eyes will be open to the understanding of all these things. And I, I can be very confident of that as I look over the past and I see so many people that came on board that just felt like they had fallen into uh, a pot of complexities. And uh, then with a little periods of time and, and staying on board, after a while they really got it. And, and some of those people now are, I mean, they are ready to go out and minister this word. It's, it's quite incredible. We, we, we will talk uh, today about what this particle is, what it is not. Uh, we, will, we will discuss some of the scientific uh, issues uh, and some of the um, expectations of, uh, of CERN the, uh, and, the, and the scientists that are there. Uh, at uh, that um, incredible uh, and powerful uh, atomic smasher that is um, uh, built uh, 17 miles long between two countries, France and Switzerland. You know, uh, just to cover a few little things we've talked about before, but they just fit in right now, the human DNA is equivalent to 12 sets of Encyclopedia Britannica. Twelve sets. Do you have any idea how much information that that is? And yet, their size is only two millionth of a millimeter thick. I, I hope you grabbed onto that because that, that is so awesome to understand how much information that you have in your DNA. That's not counting you know, the billions and billions of, of cells that are like the universe that you have in your brain. But you are not a simple Simon person, a simple Simon human. 
you are a complex creation. And for anyone to try to tell you that, oh, everything is supposed to be simple, Simon, and, 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 it, and it's not supposed to have any, uh, you know, constitution to it that, that is broadcasted of a complicated nature. Don't you believe those people? Do not believe them. Do not believe when the Bible teaches that there is 30, 60, 100-fold levels of revelation. And when the Bible teaches us about getting into the, 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 the depth, the width, the breadth, and all of these different measurements of the understanding of, uh, of the knowledge of God, and understanding when God made you to be the complex human being that you are, he certainly has geared you with the potential to at some point rise up out of you and to understand these things. So I want you to just be very confident that uh, things are going to go your way because you know they are. Um, we want to talk just a little bit about manifest things uh, but hang on, I'm going to get into this thing about the, um, the Higgs uh, God particle. Um, but we teach, you know, about an anteriosity that is a long, long, long ago, even before this universe. And of course, the Bible in Proverbs talks that way too. It says, before the foundations of the earth were laid, before there was were seas and oceans before there were mountains it talks about the knowledge of god having a a continuity of eternalness so we know that there have been seven other universes and before that there were there were alpha ages and that we are in the sixth uh pardon me the eighth universe Seven other universes, we are now in the eighth universe. And um, we know that seven universes ago, the Ophanim were born. That six universes ago, the cherubim, uh, uh, angelic, that became angelic people, were born. Angelic just means messengers. And in the fourth universe, the seraphim, uh, you, you know, people of the um, nations that that are of that order, uh, they are described as the sixth-wing people. The cherubims are described as the four-winged and the ophanim as the two-winged. So, presently we are in the eighth universe, which is the present universe, and uh, it's extremely very interesting that these three groups of angels, the Ophanim, the Cherubim, the Seraphim, came to this galaxy for the purpose of creation. So we're just mentioning that again. We have mentioned it before, but uh, we are going to just talk about a few things. Now, we came to this revelation last week it wasn't new to the manifest teaching and doctrine, but we're beginning to broadcast this for the first time out to uh, the nations of, of the world. And uh, we came to this understanding that um, we have uh, 
some very important things that have to be understood. And that is that when it mentions the word world in a lot of the Bible, the actual proper translation for that term, in especially in the New Testament, but it also is that way in the Old Testament, uh, that, um, uh, th- that, the, that the thing about that is um, uh, very, very, very important because uh, unless you, you really get to, uh, to the full recognition of that reality, um, then you miss out on a major point. And, and the, the, the major point there that I want to say is that most of those terms, the world, uh, are translated cosmos. You go back into the original language, it's cosmos, which is the, means the or, orderly nature of the, of, of the stars, of, of the heavens, of, of the universe. And it's basically talking about the universe. So that is so very important. Now, we know, according to the Bible, like in Isaiah 14, 12, uh, that, um, and then there's also scriptures in Ezekiel, but that, that Lucifer, who was, who, who was an, an ophanim, uh, pardon me, who was a, a cherubim, uh, he was assigned to the ophanims as a, a guardian angel because the cherubims were guardian angels. And uh, so if we, if we just, uh, you know, go over this again so we don't, so we don't miss it, uh, you know, because it's, uh, it's quite important. We have all these different, uh, you know, universes, uh, and we have the different universes that are assigned to the different um, uh, groups of, of angels, and um, these uh, different groups of angels came from different universes. So that's very important, because if we don't understand that, when Jesus says, I'm not of this universe, this is the eighth universe, and he says he's not of this universe is because he originally came uh, from the f- from the first universe, okay, which was seven universes ago, and uh, then we had the um, the um, uh, cherubim that came uh, from from uh, uh, you know the universes that were six universes ago, and then we had the um, this, uh, th- that was the cherubim. And then we had the seraphim that came from the universes four u- universes ago, and uh, and so that puts them all into perspective. Uh, the seraphim then uh, are from the fifth universe, uh, and that's how it goes backwards in time. Um, uh, I might need to take a little more time on, on that uh, countdown the way I'm showing it because there is an overlap that happens with the time. And, and uh, so it, it gets a little bit sounding different than, than what uh, people would uh, count it to be. But anyway, we won't do that today. Maybe next week we'll get a chance to do that um, and show that overlap that I'm talking about. But then this, uh, I, you know, in Isaiah 14, 12, uh, Lucifer took on the title that, that was uh, Yaviel's. And Yaviel's title was, uh, you know, the uh, bright and morning star, son of the morning. Well, because Lucifer was being assigned to stand in his place, he took over that title that was, uh, that, that actually belongs exclusively to Yaviel, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, 
then we've had people say, well, how come in the Bible there's, there's two morning stars? There's Lucifer, the morning star, and there's Jesus Christ, the morning star. And they both seem to have this, like in Job 38, you know, when it talked about the morning stars came together and they shouted for joy at, during the times of the creation. And uh, they were the morning stars, were the Ophidims, and they were all part of this exotic uh, creation group. And, and then while they were so involved in the creation, uh, a, 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 a top archangel, uh, not the top, but second in, in command, a Lucifer, was assigned to come in and act as uh, a, a, a fill-in, uh, and the Bible calls it a covering angel, and it called him a cherub, uh, which he is a cherubim, not an ophanim. And so he, he, he took on that title. Well, then when he was affected, because there's one kind of perfection in the, um, in the Ophanims, another kind of perfection in the Cherubims, another kind of perfection in the Seraphims. So when Lucifer moved from the uh, order of, of the Cherubims, which has one kind of, perf of a perfection, into the order of the Ophanims, which had a different kind of perfection, uh, the Bible says that until the until the day it was discovered that in the day that that of his creation and the and the time of his life that Lucifer was perfect he was absolutely perfect but then one day suddenly it found that he had lost that perfection and this of course happened when he moved into the different perfection level of the Ophanims now. That had, that had a shifting effect on his way of looking at things. And as a consequence of that, uh, he made the decision, uh, you know, uh, that he wanted to be more uh, involved with the leadership, that he wanted to actually be over all of the angels, the Bible says, calling them stars, over all the stars of heaven. And he wanted to be in a closer relationship with God by being able to have uh, that opportunity. Uh, so his original intent was, was you know, for what he considered a, a righteous and good cause. Well, there is an angel, there, 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 there are angelic rules and there are angelic uh, considerations and um, uh, the Holy Manifest has many, many of these uh, uh, laws revealed that have been revealed uh, to us. But we want to share with you this one particular one because it seems to have created a certain amount of consternation out there in the religious uh, Christian world, uh, how the, there can be two uh, suns of the morning, two, two bright morning stars, so to speak. Well, Lucifer got that title. Then when he went into rebellion and then there was war in heaven, he lost the war. But the problem was, is at the beginning... There was this huge group of orphanims that did not agree with the ruling of, of, of the angelic court. And, and so they stuck with, uh, with Lucifer, and there was, you know, 666 billion of them, which is basically two-thirds of the angels. Now, the rule that is the angelic ru rule and, the, and this code, code of law was of the nature that any time that over 50% of a group of any group of angels goes over to the side of someone who is opposing 
or who is making a claim on the archangelship of that group, then they maintain the title until, like in this case, the white throne judgment in which all of the the uh, angel groups of the uh, seven and it'll eventually be eight, eight um, uh, universes come into the white throne judgment. Uh, it'll be at this first white throne judgment that we're talking about uh, uh, with uh, Lucifer's judgment will be this, the seven thrones. And um, these will be the seven universes. And then there will be a judgment. So until Lucifer has been judged in that sense, he still maintains his title, which actually belongs to Yaviel. So they both have it, but, it, but it's in a type of holding until this has been settled because of this large number uh, of, of, of these angels. And of course, even since that time now, a lot of those angels have shifted back to Yaviel. Uh, but it, but still, because it happened that way, the angelic code, the angelic code is of the nature that that he maintains that. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says that he, you know, has control of the kingdoms of this world. Now most people thought that when he took uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the uh, the earthly uh, revelation of God, uh, who was, is also the spiritual revelation called Yaviel of God, that he showed Jesus Christ the worlds, and he says, I can give these to you. I, these are in my control. And of course, legally, that's true. And so when you get into the Bible, you begin to read about that, that the kingdoms of this world have not been turned over to Jesus Christ. You can find that in Revelations, where that suddenly, all, all of a sudden, one day the kingdoms of this world uh, then become the kingdoms of God again, the kingdoms of Yahweh again. But right, right now, it's obviously clear by that scripture that they are not. And the reason they are not is because of this pending uh, litigation that has to settle this whole argument and debate uh, uh, that that uh, of Lucifer's uh, right to that title, and so the, so it basically says that 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 Lucifer and his uh, principalities have the authority of this universe, because before that. Yaviel Christ had the authority of the universe to come here and to create and to be the head of it. So until that has been settled and reconciled, and it's a whole lot of Bible for this, and I've already taught scriptures on it, but I'm just helping you out a little bit so you see why this is pending and, and the reason, reasons for it pending. It, it, is, it is very, very uh, important. And so uh, there are reasons then uh, for all the things that happen, uh, for the 
uh, scripture, uh, you know, that talks about the duel, uh, that you can find uh, the interpretation of that in Hebrews uh, uh, Concordance uh, Dictionary of Strong's, number 7837, called the Double Dawn, D-A-W-N. And, and that's, you know, what we're talking about. And then a symbolic uh, aspect of that um, that is on the other side toward Yaviel is, is the two camps and the two lord of those two camps. In this case being uh, Yaviel uh, uh, of the fallen Ophanims and Gabriel of the Cherubims. And they are called the Mahanaim. And that, of course, is in many different uh, revelations uh, in the Bible. Uh, Genesis 32-2 and Joshua 13:26. So um, it's it's uh, it's quite quite beautiful that whole story. And uh, let's go forward. Let's talk about this universe. One of the way that the ways that the Holy Manifest describes it, and I've read it to you different times, goes like this: dotted disk of the brilliance of matter moved in streams of motion within the body of space. The swirl of life was strong, and the force of energy prevalent throughout the system of the universe. Wow. We see that in this whole constitution of, of evidence and of living, that we are told that there is someone who has ascended up into heaven and who has also descended. And we find that scripture in Ephesians 4, 9 through 10 and Psalm 68, 18. And uh, we find uh, that there is something absolutely beautiful, absolutely that it draws you it, it gives you a thirst. It, it just seems to say to you, to your spirit, there is so much more. There is so much more. Now, very interestingly, we, when uh, the last uh, teachings that we did was on Mary Magdalene, and we gave this uh, revelation about this word that that uh, was a you know not understood stirred wor word to a lot of people, but it talks about Mary Magdalene being first in so many things that had to do with the ministry, uh, with the ministry of of Jesus Christ, the discipleships of the disciples, and 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 the call to 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 that order of ministry. And how that she was named first in in various uh, important connections with Christ, and and it's just we've already preached a whole series on that. We're not going to repeat it, but the interesting and really incredible neat thing is that the word first in 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 the Greek, and you can look this up in the Strong's Concordance, number forty four one two forty four twelve, means proton. The same word that we're talking about for like protons and, and, and you know, all the different kinds of, of atoms, neutrons and et cetera, et cetera, and electrons, 
Okay, so so uh, what is the point that I want to make on that? Well, isn't it interesting that the two particles that they used at the CERN um, atomic smasher, the they call it the collider, where they took and they sent um, over that 17-mile uh, tunnel one photon going in one direction and another photon going in the opposite direction. But in this circle, those two photons would meet. But isn't it interesting that they were, I said photons, I mean protons. Isn't it interesting that those protons were set up to meet in this collider? And, and, and that is this uh, big point of this God particle and how that that is, um, is uh, incorporate of a word that has to do with what they believe contains this incredible uh, uh, God particle that, ha that uh, has much to do with um, controlling a lot that happens in the universe. And that that's the same word. That, that is the, the, you know, the same word about the same atomic particle. The, the proton. Now, however, there are a lot of things that happen. And in the happening of all these ongoing things that seem endless, um, we, we, we come to understand uh, uh, in, in, in a constant of, of new uh, ideas and, and, and uh, new data being put into us uh, from day to day that... Um, there are many things that though they appear to be one way are actually another way. So as the Holy Manifest puts it, uh, what, you, what you see is not what is. What you see is what is not. Now there was a, uh, a, uh, a person who was scientific in his uh, you know, summations and, and things that he did and uh, with, uh, you know, mathematical background, too, uh, named Autumn Rosler. Uh, and he once said, the world can deceive us into thinking we understand it when we don't. Listen, let me read that again. The world can deceive us into thinking we understand it when we don't. And this has actually been true with a lot of the, the scientists. Uh, they have thought that they understood things, and they were very confident that they were correct, but only to find out uh, later uh, with other discoveries that they had been wrong and that those particular theories are, are, you know, are just failed theories. Now, last week, I was talking about how that to really get to know certain things, you have to observe it from, an, from outside of the viewed object. And um, it, uh, I was explaining, you know, like uh, uh, I, I use complex numbers uh, where, uh, you know, you determine the real component. Uh, to determine the real component, you add up the imaginary com compounds or, com or, pardon me, imaginary components to determine the imaginary sum. And, and uh, then you end up with these polar magnitudes that help select the angle. So to find the mathematical calculation for a three-dimensional figure, uh, 
you must derive it from the fourth dimension. You don't discover it by being in the in the uh, three dimensions and trying to figure out how to do this proper measurement. Uh, you have to get into the fourth dimension to be able to really see and be able to really understand what what the three dimensions are. You 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 derive that knowledge from getting into the, into the fourth uh, dimension and becoming an observer in that sense. So that I think is extremely interesting. Now, when we're talking about some of these maths, and not to get complicated with it, but uh, I don't have many other examples that I, I will uh, pester you with on it, but um, when we're looking at transformations and linear transformations f to start with, uh, in which we're you know uh, trying to discover uh, various um, mathematical consequences and and uh, and and final summations. Um, the tran uh, the transforming uh, of the of the of the elements of one into another unique element uh, of another set is sort of the uh, mythology of this little presentation that I'm going to make here, and you and I'll show you the reason why I'm making it. Uh, in in this in this kind of a math where we are transforming one element into another unique element of another set, um, it's called um, um, image and mapping. Now, I, I, I just love these terms that they put in this mathematical uh, uh, dialogue, <coughs> that you transform one element to another element that is unique, and you get something called an image. And at the same time that that's called an image, it, it is the mapping <coughs> that tells you exactly what is going on. Now, if you put that in a spiritual sense, and you understand, you know, where the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed to the things of God, you understand how that there is this unique potentiality, this unique possibility of of these kind of changes uh, leading to an image of the spiritual things and once you get the image of the spiritual things contained within that image are the configurative uh, aspects of the mapping and the mapping of course can mean different things in math but, but I like to use it in the sense of it being like a a waymark, W-A-Y-M-A-R-K, a waymark, that these, this mapping is like a waymark that helps you be able to find things that otherwise you would not know. So, yes, you can look out here and think that you've discovered something. You can religiously think that you, you have the answer uh, to the things of God via the Bible, just like they did in the days of Jesus. Jesus said, you know, you read the Bible, you study the, you, the, 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 the word, he didn't use the word Bible, but it, that's what it's talking about. And he says, and you think that you, by them you have eternal life. But he says, what you have missed is those scriptures are scriptures that are given a revelation about, about me, Jesus Christ. And you've missed that. 
And so you thought you had eternal life, but you don't have that eternal life because I am eternal life. I hold the key to eternal life. You know, I am the resurrection and the life. And so there's a lot of people today that have, you know, ideologies and, and have all kinds of confirmed uh, thoughts and beliefs that they are right on what, what they are uh, believing when truthfully, those kind of things, just like what, what uh, Rosler said, uh, the world can, can deceive, the world can, can, can deceive us into thinking we understand it when we really don't. And that applies also to religiosity. You can think you really have the answer in religiosity when you really don't. And so Paul says, examine yourself to see whether, whether for sure or not you really are in the faith. Because there are people that think they're definitely set in and they're not even in the faith. Wow. Okay, so let's, let's, let's move on with this, this power of uh, transformation. This first uh, transformation uh, from one element to another unique element uh, ends up uh, leading us to this uh, definition called image and mapping that I've just uh, talked about. Now, this becomes a, a, what's called a, a scalar X, and, um, and it can be mapped into a scalar X super 3. Now, mathematically, this is very, very interesting, and even actually spiritually, because if you take X as an unknown, but you have a super three at the top, and then you have the 30, 60, 100-fold, you have the, you know, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, uh, all, all, all of the constituencies of these three types of codes, uh, then you can actually take these, that, that unknown, uh, and as long as you have that super three, um, you know, it is called the image of X. So that the, the super aspect of the X, not a sub, but a super, the, the, the number above the X on the right, uh, is also then called the, the, the image of X. So whatever that X is that is unknown, um, the, the answer is within uh, the, the uh, number um, constituency itself uh, by by way of the um, of of the super uh, three that is part of that uh, uh, figure, and 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 so then uh, that allows you uh, to to extend the mapping uh, of the element and and uh, uh, to to uh, make it become what's called a set U. Okay, and. Um, uh, you know, that's really interesting when you get into the into the U and numbers like that. Uh, uh, I remember I used to have a Goprance in Oregon, and we'd have a, a U on there, and uh, and these different different letters and and um, uh, there there was uh, things that connected to Alpha and Omega uh, with with all these different uh, letters like that in, in the Greek. So. We take this mapping of this element U, and 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 we, we uh, see that it has the cap the capability uh, as a unique element uh, of of the set uh, that is V. And then 
we take this, the, this, the V set, and this has been given a designation called the domain of mapping. And I, I just found this so intriguing because when we are talking about, um, you know, the first domain, which is the heaven of heavens that the Bible talks about, and domain, the, the D-O-M of domain coming from kingdom, and, and, and the connection throughout all the New Testament about how important, you know, the kingdom of God is within you and, and how that if you're going to ultimately be saved, uh, it's, all in, it's all involved in this, uh, this kingdom of God. And how that the kingdom of God is likened to a net cast into the sea. And like this net has to do with, with the lattice, and the lattice has to do with latolution, and also has to do uh, in, because the word latolution contains in it the, you know, the, 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 the lattice, which is the atomic lattice. And, and uh, so that has universal information. It has earth uh, information about botany, about uh, biology, you, you, you name it, uh, pathology, uh, it's, it, it, it has a way into all of that. And so now we've got, we've got you know, all these, uh, we've got this image, we've got this mapping, uh, we've got this uh, super set of the unknown, which is the three, uh, super three, and, and then we discover that, that that is the image of X. Uh, we move uh, from, from that through the U, the V, and we end up with the, with the designation of the domain. And, and it is a domain of the mapping. So it is the, the master domain that has the mapping, has the, the way marks, has the, the, know, the know of wisdom, the know of knowledge. Uh, it has the whole mapping for everything uh, when you get into this thing of the first domain and, 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 and the spirit of the first domain. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's just quite interesting that that is um, you know, found. So when you go from the domain thing, and this is also very interesting, the next transformation uh, is in magnitude. And, and it, it has to do with a, a magnitude of maps. A magnitude is an interesting word. You know, uh, Daniel wrote, and he says, they that be wise will shine as the stars of heaven. And we know that all the stars in the heavens have different magnitudes, meaning different bright levels of brightness. And, and so now we've got the, these different levels of brightness, and they are a vector designation into a scalar. And so then that, that brings you in all kinds of interesting things like the revelations that I got uh, way back in time on, uh, on uh, being able to, to understand the manifoldus in nature where I could go out and I could look at trees and, and I could look at uh, uh, bushes or plants with leaves and, and I could uh, figure out the sine and the cosine uh, on those leaves and then I would be able to find out what the the, the wave pitch of that particular plant was and, and, and what its, what its uh, melody line was, what its main uh, uh, voice signal was. And, um, and, and that, that turned out to just be an, an absolutely super exciting uh, thing. And from that, you can branch out into many other forms that get you beyond the you know, linear type of transformations into 
like the matrix of orthogonal vectors, uh, which prescribe dimensions and distinct characteristic values, some of which include the speculation of the unknown. Wow. Ah, we're just about ready to talk about the uh, good, the God particle, but let me uh, let me just you know a few things here that I want to finish up on before I get into it. When I was uh, in a in the states in a little town called Madison, and I, uh, I was walking down the sidewalk uh, in the middle of town with my wife, and all of a sudden, this I heard this voice. It was not an audible voice, but it was the next thing to it. It was so clear, so resounding, so absolutely, you know, dynamic. And it said to me, read, read Pythagoras. Well, um, I did take the time eventually to read Pythagoras, who was a um, quite a a scientist and uh and and um I'll read this little portion here it says for Pythagoras standing seven times further back in history could hardly be presumed to have had more than a vague inkling of the pitch of his wandering stars yet his observations on the natural intervals of streams were mathematically exact so far as they went and found it, he found it our modern science of harmonics. Without counting vibration frequencies, he could naturally hear pitch and see the nodes that accomplished the elementary overtones. He could see that the pitch is raised to the sympathetic octave or eighth note. By momentarily holding a finger on the exact midpoint of the string while plucking the center of either half, leaving the whole then vibrating freely in two equal seesawing parts separated by a node of immobility of the fulcrum, or raised to the furthest interval of a twelfth by making the string hum in three equal parts of two nodes. This gentleman, this scientist, Pythagoras, and I spell that for you, P-Y-T-H-A-G-O-R-A-S, P-Y-T-H-A-G-O-R-A-S, Pythagoras. Uh, he was um, uh, connected, really, to the music of the spheres. Uh, even before Guy uh, uh, Murchie, uh, you know, uh, if that's his pronunciation, proper pronunciation of his name. Uh, I've read about him long, long, many, many years ago. I hardly remember his name. But uh, these were people that got into this thing about the music of the spheres and, and how that in the atoms and in the molecules and in nature and in the universe, there is this, this music. Interestingly, now that they are getting into... Um, this thing of uh, of strings, uh, like uh, I think one of the first ones, who scientists that really got into that was Edward Edward Ritten, and then of course later uh, Green is is uh, a, a major factor factor in it. But uh, one of the things that they really break out with that is how that uh, these strings, uh, you know, they they have 
melodies. They have sounds. And, and so that the very elements of nature have in them sounds. Well, it's interesting because uh, we've been teaching from the Holy Manifest for the last 40 years this thing of, of music that is, you know, in the very elements. And um, I think that what we can say is there is in the universe, there is in the environment, there is in the world's uh, frozen music, music that has never been unlocked, music that has never been set free, music that is would be absolutely uh, beautiful and lingering and melodic and, and sensatious of its ability uh, to free you uh, in your body of, 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 of sickness, uh, to give you relaxation, to give you peace, uh, to give you uh, a hum uh, instead of uh, being full of anxiety and concern and, and uh, under stress. Uh, that frozen uh, music is what God wants to loosen and he wants to, you know, set his people free with uh, in this very time in which we, we now live. So in um, uh, all of the things that are out there, uh, that the um, you know the revelation of this God particle is hoping to get into. Uh, they, they hope for answers about quantum mechanics. They hope for answers, you know, about uh, electromagnetism and nuclear forces. Uh, they hope there even be revelation about Einstein's theory of general of general relativity as to the theory of gravity. Uh, there is so much that is being hoped for. And, and there's been some great scientists, powerful scientists, there's, you know, that have come up with all kinds of, of ideas, like uh, Penrose and his theory of exotic quantum and, and all these different ideas about the meaning of, of, of the halo of galaxies. It, it goes on and on and on. And so it's, it's just... Uh, Extremely exciting, extremely, um, you know, uh, wonderful to to understand the power of of these revelations. Okay, now one real fast little insert here before I get into the God particle. Um, I want to uh, read something from uh, the Seventh Thunder Speak. Uh, it's the first first chapter of the Holy Manifest and uh, just, you know, hit a couple fast things with that uh, that are, I'm sure, you know, interesting to you. Um, one of the things that is very important for everybody to understand is that the average human mind has not yet become conscious of the much wider, deeper reality that exists. Have not become conscious of it. That, therefore, brings us into a whole uh, question uh, of waymarks about, uh, you know, exactly what the reality of consciousness is. On page 484 of the Seventh Thunder Speak Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis book, it says, I pondered that each world cosmic order uh, universe is collectively a characterized substance of particularized thought. Consequently, the character of thought, whether 
in a presentation of a complex or endless continuity or in a presentation as a fractal simplex ultimately arrives to patterns of variable forms. Although each cosmic world order would have many similarities, there would be distinct character and construction that differentiates each cosmic from another world. And then, just skipping down, I begin to explore the idea that a mind is a state of condition, potential to a physical entity as a state that creates the expansion of an, in, of an entity's consciousness. In other words, the undeveloped mind of a spirit uh, can use a physical body to expand consciousness and memory, but does not need a physical body to, to exist. Since every to-be potential that can, ever, th that can ever have to do with a mind in the sense of possible conscious information has always existed in God the I Am, then potentials for information of mind pre-exist all bodies with brains that are subliminally striving for full mind awareness. Consequently, a body is, is but a mere formal, uh, formal, uh, uh, pardon me, a, is but a, a body is but a mere format subject to changes of advancement or, or degradation. So there's more in this incredible book uh, that you can read on that. I won't, I won't uh, uh, get into that right this moment. Uh, but I did, uh, uh, a few weeks ago, get into the subject of consciousness. And uh, I talked about the three kinds of consciousness. And, um, and there's scriptures on that. And the first consciousness is the awareness of perception and of perceiving of the human senses. And the second consciousness uh, is... Um, uh, the awareness of perceiving one's own spiritual or spirit senses. And the third consciousness occurs beyond the upper and lower limits of the first and second conscious levels. And uh, those are so very, very important to understand and to get into those sensoriums and, and to get into the innermost mind and uh, uh, go beyond just a mind uh, of intelligence but beginning to understand the consciousness of soul, the consciousness of spirit, the consciousness of memory, uh, the consciousness of, uh, of identity. Uh, they're just all uh, places to go forward and, and to keep involved in. Now, many years ago, I bought a book by a fellow called Leon um, Letterman. And um, uh, he's Dr. Leon Letterman. And he wrote this a book called The God Particle. Uh, he tried to actually have it say um, the, um, the, the God Damn uh, Particle. But uh, it wasn't allowed at that time, that term like that to be used. So it ended up with uh, being called, you know, without the dam and, and with uh, the, to the name God Particle. Well, I, w I always find those kind of happenings as, as, as destiny, that uh, things that are meant to be said a certain way, uh, you know, you, you can't really change the destiny of that. Uh, those things are written into destiny. And so this thing of the God particle was meant to come out, and it did come out. And, uh, and so it's very, very interesting. Well, you know, uh, he 
talked about, you know, the, the God particle. And, 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 you know, it was interesting, the things that he wrote. Uh, but, of course, it was a lot of years ago, and, and, and science has advanced a lot since then. You know, um, someone might say, well, what do you, what do you think about, um, about this, uh, you know, uh, event uh, with the Hadron Collider and, or Atomic uh, Masher, whatever you want to call it, uh, and uh, it, uh, uh, its discovery of 99% uh, sure, uh, you know, discovery uh, uh, of the um, God particle. Uh, well, I, th I think that, that it is exciting, and I, I want to make some comment on it. Um, he, here's some of the questions that I have. Until recently, science has worked very many years with a very limited wavelength range. That, that means that the potentiality of being able to even study the universe uh, was limited to a range that uh, really did not allow too much um, knowledge to be discovered because of there being such a limit of range. And that's until really just recently. I mean, some of these big telescopes and some of these uh, new kinds of, of uh, information finders uh, are, are really very recent. So as we begin to understand that, it becomes vitally important to look at this whole thing and understand that, you know, we've had this very limited wavelength range. So it limited the capability of even the best scientists to really make accurate determinations. And um, that fact, that fact presses hard against any scenarios that there has now been achieved a predominant knowledge that can be reached regarding the components of the universe. And, and this kind of thing that I'm saying now is the very thing that is being said uh, in the broadcasting about the God particle. When one, when one considers the many ghostly virtual particles that constantly evade root discovery, like gravitation waves and neutrinos, uh, there is a mental impact that borders along the line of confusion because there is so much to be said that is not said and so much to be said that has been left out and is, and, and, and is negated. There are the questions of the cosmic density as a um, compound part of the critical value of one. And there are the questions of the dynamics of expansion that is going on with the universe. Now, astrophysicists face several intriguing challenges because they, they have to yet prove the finding of the God particle in its application and 
to discover is this the original uh, work of Higgs and what he and his uh, collaborators uh, were proposing? Or is this a new kind of Higgs? Uh, they have to make that distinguished difference to be set into the groove of definite uh, uh, application for understanding it. So when I look at this and I do my math, uh, statistically speaking, and, um, and other kinds of, um, of uh, deeper math, uh, I, I look at this happening and I say, well, when we take the, the crash hyphen perturbation moment, the crash hyphen perturbation moment. Now this is when in that uh, collider the, the proton takes off in one direction, another one takes off in the opposite direction. They come around this great circle and they come together and smash. And so that is the, the crash perturbation moment that I am talking about when these two protons smash um, in the particular CERN uh, dissimulator, uh, you know, and, uh, and when I, I look at that, um, you know, it, I, have, I have a question that it seems to override the Cardison spread with such force and extent that their depiction um, x-ray-wise of what has happened in this collision with there being on the graft these, um, these bumps, we'll call them being revelation about um, gravity or, or the showing uh, of a... Uh, of being a model, a model pattern for the making of matter or for the enhancing of matter or the extension of matter. Um, having a lot of questions in my mind as to how uh, the distribution, even though that they are magnetically put on circuit for this, this crash, uh, at the moment of crash, there is a release of atomic residue. And uh, if we were looking at, um, you know, the crashing a watermelon or crashing a rock, um, and we started configuring, okay, this rock broke here, another piece broke over here, this is a smaller piece, it's a larger piece, and we gave all those uh, pieces of the rock names, and then we could claim almost anything we wanted to claim about them, just like we do with the, with, with, with the atoms when we smash them, these kind of stones of fire, uh, because um, it's, it, it's, it's probably pretty unlimited how many atoms that there are and how many atoms could be um, in, in different angulations and different styles uh, 
uh, put through a dissimilator or a smasher or a collider and uh, end up uh, doing something similar but a little bit different. And therefore, they're, they're, they're becoming uh, maybe three Higgs particles or four or five Higgs particles that come out of a collision event. And, uh, and, and, and so, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it has interest. Now, we also know, though, in, in fractals, that when something is repeated and reiterated <coughs> for a great deal of time, that it is in nature for there to be a, a deviation, a, a difference that begins to pop up. Even though the pattern is one set pattern, the image is one set image with a huge number of constant repetition, it seems to somehow play a, a, an effect on the repetition of that, of that image. We have to wonder how that, that rule in science or in the happening of physical things uh, may or may not play a part in the smashing of these protons, the smashing of these atomic uh, energies. Um, we have to look at all these possibilities and say, hey, uh, there can be some very important uh, things that are being showed here. Now, I know that they're saying, hey, come on, this is a five sigma, this is a five sigma. It's a GMA. It's a five sigma, which which it means that that five sigma means that there is less than one in a millionth of a chance that this discovery is not the Higgs particle, and and you have to you know statistically that that is big time. Now they say the discovery of the Higgs uh, bosom uh, is a gateway to a new era that this uh, particle could unlock many of the greatest mysteries of the universe, dark matter and how to possibly travel at the speed of light. Many years ago, I received prophecies about an age of ion that was coming. I also received prophecies that would happen way, way before that age of ion that were about the passing of the year 2012 and how that there would be challenges during this time between the nations. But if the, if the nations and if the world could pass through this 2012 and into 2013 for a, a space, that we would start coming more and more into a deeper and deeper age of um, knowledge and intelligence. And we can see right now that that kind of thing is happening all over the world. How does that have an effect on our religion, our faith, our belief? Um, how does that connect? Well, we're going to talk about that. It's, it's all important. But I, I, I know we are standing at a gateway of a new era. And I know that uh, if, if this particle could unlock many of the greatest uh, mysteries of the universe like dark matter, of course, I mean, I already know what dark matter is, and how to travel at the speed of a light, and I already know 
that answer. Um, I know that those would be incredibly important and sensational things for the science world, which would then pass on to the engineering world and would just further push our whole um, uh, local Earth world forward in the reality of an advanced kind of civilized life. Now, they say the, the Higgs revelation um, could reveal what the world was like the first millionth of a second in the Big Bang. Wow. Well, we know that the scriptures really do substantiate the Big Bang. We know that there's other theories, like, you know, the electrical universe, and um, there's other theories that, that people are really into, and that they believe to be the to be the real answer. But the Bible's pretty clear, in my opinion, about the Big Bang uh, uh, being the answer, except that they don't have the whole theory of the Big Bang correct. And uh, I don't know if I'll have time to talk on that today or not. But, uh, but the Bible talks about the, the stretching out of the universe and the rolling up of the universe. And, uh, and, and, and we do this teaching about the 12 circuits um, of the Soundtron as compared to the, the, the 12 parts of the scientific standard uh, method of the tools and particles that keep the universe going. So it's interesting how that there seems to be these parallels that are coming together. Very interesting. The, um, the basis of physics that we're talking about is the standard model. Now, the standard model, in my opinion, has some real flaws in it, but it has a lot of interesting information. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, the making of, of dark energy and dark matter, baryogenesis, the the hierarchy and the cosmological constant, uh, all of these, these things that, that are so real and so powerful. And yet, if they knew all of those things, would they really have the final answer? Of course not. So, the strength of this signal that is being searched and sought as regards to the God particle, the Higgs particle, is not going to be the whole answer. But everything that they do add to their standard th uh, model is going to give strength to the potential of branching out. So it is possible 
that the Higgs, uh, once approved, will lead to a new kind of physics. And that it will dominate a certain way of interacting with massive uh, particles and with and interacting with dark matter and ordinary matter. And so it's a really big thing, ladies and gentlemen, this thing on the Higgs. Because there are scientists that do believe that, they, that this Higgs per, uh, you know, particle could be the very portal, or pardon me, the, the very portal of being able to go from one world to another. Very interesting. There's no question about that. Very, very interesting. So, I could get into more and more of the technical aspects of this, and it would go on and on and on. I, 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 I don't want to miss getting all these points out because there's so much to say. But they believe that the that the learning from this Higgs particle of its ability to uh, increase the mass of objects that have gravity so that it increases the amount of gravity that if they could actually learn the fine detail of it then they would be able to switch off the Higgs and by switching off that that ability to um, increase the massing of those objects of gravity that all sorts of new physics very different such as atomic particles and the and the quantum being able to fit together and and a revelation beyond ordinary atoms and the previous theories of quantum creation this is big stuff because all these discoveries keep bringing people are bringing people more and more without them realizing it to the teachings of the Bible. Wow. Sooner or later they will discover that the universe has more electricity than they thought. And how that a special kind of electricity that is in many ways quite different from the normal kind of, uh, and uh, that a normal kind, or, or I should say, um, original kind of energy that we are familiar with uh, has a big effect on the universe. And that particular kind of, of, of electricity is called amtricity. amtricity. So this amtricity, or, you know, uh, it, it, it is from the first domain and it affects electromagnetic energy of the universe. So what are the implications of that? Well, the implications of that is that it's going to reveal more and more. Not just about God in a particle, but reveal God om omni um, uh, omnipotent, omnipotent and omnipresent throughout 
the entire whole universe. If you don't find that exciting, then probably you are a dull person. <laughs> yes, I'm. because this thing of the Higgs particle is an enigmatic uh, impact. And um, they say that when the, this collision took place in the collider, that it left two peaks of the graft of, of debris hitting the detection. Uh, and what does that mean? You know, if we applied it to smashing rocks and watermelons, as I said earlier. Well, it, it just means that, you know, we could take and smash rocks, and then all these little pieces that would fracture off, we could give them a name. Charm, you know, a quark, an up, a down. <laughs> and it's just like they're giving these atomic uh, particles that have been smashed. But um, that doesn't mean that there isn't something real because sometimes when you look inside a thing or a substance, you do find ways of discovery that can be made. And so we must not give up that, that token because it is, it is a real one. We have to take it for, for what, it, what it is. So, let me get through this thing with this Higgs uh, so I can get into the Bible revelation of it. When we get into the world of atoms and, and past uh, systems, quasar and present mysteries of the quantum of the universe, the standard science model has been in existence for 30 years. And, uh, and as to respect of these uh, various mysteries that I just mentioned, um, you know, uh, it, it has not been able to answer all the questions at all. Um, but, you know, um, when we look at, uh, at the model with its uh, leptons and quarks and force carriers, force carrier particles and its three-generation uh, proposal of matter, uh, we, we have to give the scientists credit for a lot of things that they have come up with, uh, these you know are these are brilliant people, and uh, and uh, if it wasn't for the scientific world, uh, the the miracle of television and telephones and and all the kinds of transatlantic uh, communication, many of the uh, medical uh, discoveries would just not would just not uh, be available even to this very day. So we, we have to not sell any of those things short. And we know that uh, not that long ago, uh, the, the scientists that are really into this thing with the, uh, w with the Higgs particle, that they tested it with a supercomputer. Uh, super and they say it verified the standard model. Well, <laughs> a computer, oh, can, uh, to, in one sense, can only search for or do what you program it for, and uh, and so it that uh, is sort of like being in the world of the computer, and you need to step away from the computer, and you need to have a computer that is able to, on its own, develop to where it can ask questions in a free manner that it's not programmed uh, uh, without people really even realizing it subliminally to give the answers that they really want. So you can't just totally depend 
on some of these supercomputers when they are being programmed for answers that a lot of times people are looking for. And just like, you know, when they found the dilaton particle with this zero spin, the dilaton particle, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it has a message, you know, it, it, um, it, it has a message uh, in its uh, gravitational sector uh, that deals with strings. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But it is not the whole of the everything. Uh, the standard model, uh, you know, has uh, been around about 30 years. And, and, uh, and, but they, they say that this uh, Higgs particle will go a long ways to finishing it out. And nevertheless, with this recent action that has gone through the, the, uh, the Hadron Collider, uh, they're estimating it, it'll, it can be to the year 2015. I've even heard to the year 2020 before they will be able to assess all of the information that was given um, in the details of that, um, you know, um, crash perturbation of the two protons. It's going to take years to assess the meaning of all of that. So, I think that uh, it's just like these um, BFAR uh, Mesons. You know, uh, people don't know what those are. They don't understand what those are uh, because they're, they're made of both matter and antimatter. And they consist of a bottom quark, uh, a quark and, 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 and an antiquark. And uh, and and it's it's just like this thing with entropy, uh, the arrow of disorder in the universe. Um, you know, I've had people say, "Hey, you can't change disorder. It's it's guaranteed in the second law of thermodynamics. It's guaranteed to happen. You can't change it." Well, I don't agree with that at all, because I think that the um, second law of thermodynamics can change if we're talking the difference between a closed universe and an open universe. Because a closed universe reaches a point it does not have any continuing input. But an open universe is dealing with the fact that it has continuing input. Continuing input can change the lattice of what normally uh, the disorder uh, and the depreciation of entropy would, would, would produce. And so, so those laws are only uh, to be realized uh, when they apply under certain applications. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and this is where God comes in. Now, as to scriptures uh, on the stretching out of the, of the universe, uh, let's just look at a few. Let's look at uh, Psalms uh, um, 104.2. And, uh, and we, we, it's, you know, no question or doubt of how absolutely uh, beautiful the, the scriptures of the Bible are uh, with, the, with these scriptures. And after that, we're going to get into the Higgs revelation uh, from the Bible uh, after just a few scriptures here. So let's, we're looking at uh, scripture 104 of Psalms and, uh, and just to show how powerful that this, this Bible is in verse, uh, verse 2. 
and and it says, um, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquity and healeth all thy diseases." Now, now this is a promise that God has given to His people, and um, uh, and and God has shown us that uh, in this uh, scripture that it it has provisions for our health for our healing but it includes big things like verse 19 the lord has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all those are powerful 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 uh understanding and and revelations that that uh need to really un be understood uh, and um, I was reading uh, Psalms 103, uh, 2, and now let me go to 100 and 104. Um, in 104, 2, it says, Who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. All this dynamics that is about this vast thing of the making of the universe is incorporated to include God's mercy for his love to us and his healing of us and his care of us because it's, an all, it's all a part of, of, of the universe. And, and, and here we see that, um, that he covers himself as with a garment when he stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And uh, I will not have the time today to get into the interpretation of that, but you know we, we are talking dark energy there. So when we understand that there's only 4% of the seeable universe and, and the rest of it is dark energy and dark matter. Uh, and and when, when, the, when the scripture talks here, covereth thyself with the light as with a garment. We see that when we look at a, at a person putting on a modern day uh, you know, garment, and let's say we're talking winter, and you've got you know sleeves that go down to your wrists. You've got pants that that go down the, uh, to to your uh, your ankles. Uh, the the sweater, the shirt comes up to your neck. There's not very much of the body that is exposed. The hands and 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 you know part of the head. Uh, and so we see that example that in the Bible, he is saying here. That this particular dark energy is the is covers the most of the universe, which is exactly what the <clears throat> what the scientists are discovering, and he has stretched out the heavens to stretch something out. Uh, this really does advise us of the Big Bang because uh, they call this inflation. Uh, I don't quite agree with the use of of that uh, that term or with the total math uh, of, of of that term. Uh, but but the idea, nevertheless, uh, does it does include a lot of of real biblical uh, brilliance uh, on the fact that if something is stretched out, then it goes back to a density. So we teach that the universe uh, is an infinity because even in the density, uh, it is still has the realization of existing, and it, and it still maintains uh, a lot of the information of what it was 
as a as a prior universe. So this density was a prior universe, and then it went into de- it went uh, you know, and this density uh, uh, has a story, and then when the time comes for it to be stretched out, it makes a new universe. So, although we call these different universes, you know, first universe, second universe, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, uh, it, it is talking about each each revival of the of that of that universe, and of course, the way it is with with uh, in the nature of the universe, um, when the universe begins to be made again, then there's all kinds of new changes that take place, uh, totally different than the universe before, and yet it doesn't mean they don't still have stars and all of those uh, kind of common things. But but there is definitely a difference, so that it is not the same as the first universe or the second universe or the third, fourth, or fifth or sixth. They you know they have differences, and uh, or the seventh, uh, uh, you know, and now we're in the eighth. Uh, and so we have an incredible uh, scripture here that that uh, you know talks about the heavens. You know, it's not it's not just you know one part of the world. It's it's the heavens that number one uh, are the atmospheres and the skies of planets. Then it's the heavens of the space. And so you have heavens, and and so so all of that is covered in in, in the scriptures. Now, if we look at Isaiah, for instance, uh, Isaiah 40:22, uh, that's another interesting scripture, and uh, I'm going to have to really get to keep moving here, so I don't run out of time. I still have an awful lot to, to cover. I probably can't read all of these uh, scriptures, but in Isaiah 40:22, um, let's just look at that real fast. Uh, it says, uh, "It is, it is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth." And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. And so we see that the whole canvas here of a tent is shown to be this stretched out heaven. Once again, we begin to get the portion, uh, proportion that it's, it's giving about this is dark energy and and uh, and and uh, dark uh, matter. Uh, there are other scriptures that you can read. I'm not going to take the time because I won't have the time. <coughs> Pardon me. Job nine eight, Isaiah forty eight thirteen, uh, um, Jeremiah ten twelve, Jeremiah fifty one fifteen, Zechariah twelve one, and uh, and Proverbs eight. Um, Proverbs 8 can't make out my writing that's not a real important one there then if you turn with me to Psalms 18.11 here's another really important scripture about uh, dark energy Uh, Psalms 18.11 let's start with verse uh, uh, 9 18 verse 9 he bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. Uh, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. Now, we see that before this flight takes place is he bowed the heavens. Now, um, when I talk about um, this thing about space, 
And I say that, that it, it is impossible, I mean, it is possible to depress space. So let's say that if, if you had a house and a friend of yours uh, had a house and it was a football field away, if the space between your house and the friend's house was compressed, then you would be right next to his, his or her house because the journey from your house to his house or her house would have become compressed and you just basically walk out your door and, and, and are at his. Uh, so what we have here in this scripture is absolutely amazing because before this trip with the Zith takes place, he bows the heavens and he comes down. So, you, you know, if you're standing upright and you bow down, you reduce your height by, by r roughly 50%. Roughly 50%. And then that's just one aspect of it. So, so, so when we look at that, you know, uh, he, bow, he, he, he bowed the heavens and came down. And darkness was under his feet. So the heavens, which are always described as being way, way up above, are moved all of the way down to his feet. Because some people in the, uh, some of the ancient religions, they will bow down uh, from standing and, and touch their forehead on the ground. And so it, 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 this is a complete compression to where you have removed all that space and, and, and you are suddenly right, right there. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's an absolutely amazing fantastic, incredible, and he rode upon the cherub and did fly. And what this is talking about, you have the cherubimic ziths, you have the seraphimic ziths, you have the artersian ziths. There's different ones of these, but this particular one that he's talking about riding in is the cherubimic zith. And, and it says, he, he rode upon a cherubim and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made... He made darkness, listen to this, his secret place. So, yes, ha has dark energy been a secret? Yeah, we, we, the, the, the scientists only can see a part of, of, of the universe, which they now begin to recognize is only about 4%, 4 or 5%. Now, the figure of 5%, was mentioned years and years ago by a fairly famous uh, uh, mathematician and, and physicist. Uh, so, so this is something that they begin to understand. And of, of that, of that fifth that they could see, or fourth that they could see, they could only see a part of that. And and that just incredibly goes along with this, uh, you know, uh, mentioned by Paul. We look through a glass darkly. Uh, we know in part. We see in part. Uh, and and we aren't given an exact. Uh, 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 a dimension of of the uh, magnitude of what that part is just in that statement. But if we were to take it and split it between half and half, say if say it was fifty percent, then we would we would only know in half. But when you really compare it to this consensus and revelation about the universe, it's a whole less than a whole less and a whole lot different than than five percent or four percent. Uh, you, you, or pardon me, it's a whole lot less than 50%. It's more like 44 uh, or 5%. So now if we were to say, you know, we look through a glass darkly, uh, we know uh, uh, somewhere uh, uh, within 4% uh, 
uh, of what the real revelation is and what the real truth is. But we know that when we come into perfection of knowledge, then we will, this, this, this unknowing, this, this part that we haven't been able to see, this glass darkly, will be opened up and we'll be able to see. And, and, and the Bible says in Psalms that when you get into the, the Holy Spirit revelation, there is no distinction of difference between dark and light. That, that your, your vision has an acuity of being able to see and understand uh, by its ability of x-ray, uh, which, which we don't call it that term in the uh, manifest revelation, but we'll call it that for now just to help you understand it in a more simplistic way. And, and so, so, you know, uh, it, it's, it's awesome uh, this revelation. But now, I, I really got to hustle here. Let's go to Psalms uh, uh, 9. Uh, Psalms 9, because uh, I don't want to leave this out. Okay, and this is neat. Let's get to the Higgs, Higgs uh, Bible Scripture. Here it is. Psalms 9, verse 16. The Lord is known by judgment, which he executeth. The, the, the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The thing that has snared people to where they have not understood the truth is because they have not had an insight into the glass darkly. They have not had the revelation. They have not had the code. Now here are two codes that are given in, in this scripture. And then it just simply puts in the word HIG H-I-G-G -G, so it's pronounced Higion Higion and, and so we've got the word hig, if you can believe it. Someone says, oh, well, I, I don't know about that. I know you don't know about that. But I think that it's, it's more than just interesting that that particular kind of spelling and with this, the rest of the meaning that goes along with the word hig, uh, Higgs in there is is the the, the revelation of, of of what is called a mystery and a secret. And the other word that goes along with it is Higion Sila. And of course, Sila is an incredibly uh, mysterious thing. So what they both have something to do with is music. And 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 uh, and we're talking about this frozen music of of the universe. <laughs> this. Higgs revelation here is a cousin of the soundtron. It's a cousin of a soundtron. This Higion uh, is, is a cousin of the soundtron. The soundtron being described, as I've taught you many, many times, in uh, the 19th chapter of, uh, of um, uh, Psalms and the 10th chapter of Romans, how that it is this line that goes out into the, all of the universe and there is no place that it has not been, no place that it is not, and there is no one that has not at least subconsciously heard his voice. Every person has heard his voice. It, it, it's, it's, it's the kingdom of God within, and, and it's, it's real, it's, it's incredible. So now the Sela, this Higion Sela, the Higgs particle, the God particle, a cousin of the Soundtron that, that has an effect in the universe. And what is this effect? It's this incredible effect of the first domain. This is so as long as the, the, the astrophysicist and the and, and the particle physicist and and the astronomers do not understand this thing about the first domain, about this this 
dark energy pavilion of God. Uh, the Soundtron revelation. Uh, they will never understand more than a, a portion of the glass darkly. They'll never overcome that. It can only be understood by the revelation that is written in it. So the Bible says, and Jesus said, I've told you earthly things, you couldn't understand it. But I'm going to tell you something incredible now. And you can check this out at the bottom part of, 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 uh, you know, of Matthew 24. He says, I've told you things earthly and you couldn't understand them. Now he says, I'll tell you something heavenly. He says, no man has ascended up to heaven save he that came down from heaven. This is the Son of Man. Now we know that the Son of Man represents all of the fallen Ophanim, all of us humans. But we know that only in Jesus Christ, because there's no other name given among men whereby a person can be saved, can we ascend to the heavens because no one, no one has ascended and no one can ascend except the Son of Man. The revelation is in Him. The knowledge is in Him. And in Revelations, the book of Revelations, all this power and universe that is held and owned by Satan is going to be shut down and turned back over to the true bright and morning star, Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue this teaching next week. I want to pray for you right now. Our Father, which art in heaven, reach down right now with your Holy Ghost, with your dynamic healing power. Reach out in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and begin to heal these people who have pain in, in their body, who have suffered long-term illnesses. Let this power of God just reach through to them right now and heal them in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you.